Okay. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show. You're listening to The Wow Pod. I'm Betsy. I'm Jared. We keep... Another Thursday. Yeah. Another another amazing show. You tried to get me to do a gross show. Well... I dove headfirst into the annals of history. It's literally the annals. It's the (laughs) anus of history. Yeah. Um... It is something that people need to know about. I really think they do. And it's the ultimate in true crime and the ultimate in kind of government abuse. Oh, it's awful. When when the Bolsheviks took over Russia, they had to figure out how to subdue populations. Yes. And they were given these really large quotas to meet. Uh, and, and so they were... They were choosing people. They have. They had. We'll have to do a show on it. But I'm telling you, it's gross. It's it's horrible. Um, yeah. It, the, just uh, the. Um, we're gonna name it. This show is gross. The Wow Pod. <laughs> we, we. So if you don't want to hear a gross show, when you see that come up, just just scroll on by. Don't listen to it. There are heinous things in history. That you hear about. And of course, the Holocaust is heinous, awful. But the Holodomor was every bit as awful. Yeah. Um, What was it? Unit 731, the Japanese unit in China. Every bit is awful. Yeah. Don't make me research that. And all this... It was insane. You know, if you look throughout history, you get something insane like that every 100, 150, 200 years, you know? Yeah. Alexander the Great. There's a gap between him and, and, uh, Genghis Khan or Attila the Hun or any of those movements that were bloody and, and, Anus, and in one century, we tipped three that that would uh, would shock people. Now, granted, it would be unfair for me to argue that that the not that all through the nineteen hundreds, all the awfulness that happened, um, it would be biased of me to say, oh, they were definitely worse than say. Uh, what the Mongols did right, in their conquering right, right. of the world because the Mongols, it just feels closer, but it's closer and, and, and it's right there on you. And, and there's still, there's still people alive who are, uh, survivors of that. So, right. But yeah, the, the Holocaust, the Holodomor and all three of those things happened in a 30 year period. Yeah. It's so gross. So, so we're going to do the show, but not tonight, because here is your final content warning. If you come across a show that says this show is gross, you'll know. So we'll save it for that. It's, it's sad. <laughs> we're going to do something much more fun tonight. Okay. Much fun night fun. tonight. And some news. And some news. We're going to yeah. talk about Utah. I was kind of prompted to prepare this show 
because of our guest last week from Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's his name? His name was Jordan Lone Jordan Bear. Jordan Lone Bear. Jordan and his Lone show, uh, go check it out. It's Scary Stories to Tell from the Res. It's a yeah. very fun show. Yeah. So he's a, and I, he's a he's a cool dude. It got me thinking. Utah, as with many states, um, because it's got this building history, also has this building list of places that are continu- are continuously said to be haunted. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the White Lady of Latuda. Now Latuda is that mining town that um, in 1927 that avalanche ripped through town. So if you drive up the canyon, you can see the remnants of what was a mining town called Latuda. Okay. The the avalanche was so fierce that it actually swept people away out of their homes and left structures kind of haphazardly standing. What? Yes. Where, so where where's this mining town by? So Latuda, let me pull up my map. I've driven through Latuda, so. I've never heard of it. Yeah, Latuda's over by Helper. Okay, I know where Helper is. So there's that canyon um, just to the west of Helper. Okay. And Latuda's up that canyon. So this this mining town was kind of placed on the hillside, kind of stair-stepping down this, this canyon. Mm-hmm. And this avalanche just, they got a really heavy snow, and then they got some rains. And this avalanche was wet enough that it slid down the the mountainside with such ferocity that it actually swept people out of their homes and buried them hundreds of yards. So it was, it was like, uh, like when you watch the video of the tsunami where it just came on so fast, so fast, no warning. And we're talking 1927. So they didn't have like these, you know, avalanche precursor warnings and they didn't have these, you know, small avalanche, um, where they would set off the small avalanches to protect them from the larger ones. But it killed many, many residents. Mm-hmm. And it left a shell of this mining town. And it was so deep that the miners just packed up and moved on, those that survived. But what the people who visit Latuda are continuous, continuously reporting is they hear crying in the forest. And if they go in search of it, there's this apparition that, that appears to be a woman in a white nightgown. Now, this this avalanche was said to have happened between 4 and 5 a.m., so it would have been still dark outside. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have been sleeping and just ripped from their homes mm-hmm. in the dead of night. Let me ask you a question. So, an apparition like that being caused by a tragic event... Do you think it's one person that died in the event had whatever circumstance that they had a connection to stick around? Or do you think it's a culmination and the apparition doesn't tie into one single person? It's hard to say because those who have seen her, the reported sightings, say that she wanders 
between building and building, looking for someone, crying. So I lean more towards one person. One person. And it said that um, one of the miners actually left after he dug for his wife mm-hmm. for days. Mm-hmm. So it could be her residual energy. I mean, entire families were wiped Maybe out. Maybe mixed in with his. and Yeah. But he dug with his hands and shovels for days, trying to find his wife, knowing that he was going to find her body at this point, buried in snow for that long, before he, was, he finally gave in and left the mountain. So that she's seen wandering between these, these mm-hmm. like carcasses of buildings. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. So the next one is Moon Lake. And we really should go visit all of these places. Yeah, Moon Lake because there's fish in late it. Late at night. Ooh. Yes. And okay. listen for the Wailing Lady. But Moon Lake is in the High Uintas. And it is said campers every year report seeing a soaking wet and shivering young girl in broad daylight. And they try to give her assistance. Uh All of these campers end up at the ranger station saying, We saw a young girl, she was wet and she was shivering. We attempted to give her assistance, but by the time we got there, she was gone. How do they mean got there? Like they see her like on they, the other they side? Wa- no, they, she's close. They walk to her and then she just kind of disappears. They're not making the connection that she's an apparition. All of them claim that she's a real girl and they think that she's just kind of wandered away out of sight. So they look for her, look for her, call her name. Hey girl, hey, we're here to help you. Come here, don't be afraid. And then they go to the ranger station. So the ranger station at Moon Lake. So the ranger station, from what I understand, is like six miles down the mountain. Mm-hmm. The ranger station there at Moon Lake, or the closest one, has a stack of reports where people are like, there is a little girl. She's obviously fallen in the lake. We're talking high you into freezing mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. She's obviously fallen in the lake. You've got to get a search party. And from from the ranger station, this has been happening for so long that in the beginning they would send a search party. Yeah, nowadays they kind of now they're like adjust their toothpick to the other side of their mouth and turn the page. Okay, fill this out to kind of placate the the campers. Sign the sign the book, and then they add it to the stack. That's creepy. What What would be cool is if you look up if any young lady has. Uh, several several people throughout the years i think it was 12 people have drowned eight of them children have drowned in moonlight so if you could see her and, and then, then compare figure, the pictures figure out who it is yeah if i were one of the campers having had that experience i guess it, it could go one of two ways one i don't i don't have this thought process that it could possibly be a ghost and so i'm bothered the rest of my life that that little girl was not found and they did not form a search party. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or two, I do have the thought process and then I start trying to connect the dots. So the question is, is now that you know about this myth, if you saw the little shivering wet girl, 
Oh, I'd be Would you automatically go features. to Ghost? Brown hair. What is she wearing? Sketch pad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that I know this, if I were to see her, I would definitely try to connect the dots. And I don't know if anyone has connected the dots. That's a tough question. What if you're... Oh, man. I mean, like, if you connect the dots, would you... What if it's a water baby? Ooh. Well, then, it, I mean, there would be more missing people. <laughs> That's kind of what they do. Yeah. Anyway, Clem, the Civil War sword soldier at Fort Douglas. Now, this is much closer to us. Mm-hmm. So, Fort Douglas, given its history, is said to be the home of several ghosts, However, Clem is most often seen. And that is a fine name that's gone out of, uh, out of common use. parlance yes. way too soon. Clem. What was the name we saw up there <laughs> in Oregon of the uh, the lighthouse? Oh, yeah. It, it was fantastic. It was good. We one should... of them was Umber. Umber. Like the other that. one was even better. Like the name could have only been a lighthouse captain's name. <laughs> I need to look that up. I've got a picture of it. I'll look it up. Okay, good. So Clem is most often seen. He's thought to be a Civil War soldier based on the attire he's wearing. Ghosts are never nude. Thank goodness. I mean, maybe there are. Okay, maybe that's the next anals I shall into. <laughs> Nude ghosts. Nude well, no, ghosts. no. <laughs> Don't forget about on Ghostbusters. <laughs> when, uh, was it Vankman? Yeah. Was <laughs> was asleep and... <laughs> and he was assaulted. He was, he was assaulted by the ghost in his sleep. It was a tragedy. So, the story is... People have gone back because these forts keep records, no matter how kind of dicey they are. Yeah. They yeah. keep records and there are photos and things like that. And so they've gone back and identified that they believe this ghost's name is Clem. He's short and stocky and has a beard. And what is often seen at Fort Douglas is he's, he is disgruntled at best. And he's wandering angrily through the headstones. Okay, so uh, just being a veteran myself, uh, it could be any number of first sergeants or sergeant majors or... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It filled grade NCO, really. That's kind of their general tempo in life. Yeah, but he just seems angry. And anyone who finds themselves close enough to Clem... Um, is terrified because they claim that he just turns, looks at you, and then heads your direction angrily, like to get after you for something. What would you do? Definitely. Is a first he see through? Definitely a first sergeant, by the way. If he's see through, I don't know. I got a story. So when I was in the army, I was at Fort Carson. My first sergeant's name was Scarborough. And I was playing basketball and, and hurt my ankle bad. So I went to the clinic and I was set to, set to be deployed a couple weeks later. And so uh, the medic in there was a friend of mine. So I said, hey, just give me a wrap. Let's keep this quiet because 
it would have removed me from the deployment list. So I wouldn't be able to go with a, you know, with the unit down to Cuba. And, uh, so we did it quietly. Didn't generate any paperwork. He said, you really need to get this, you know, more done, but they put a wrap on it. He gave me crutches and he says, we'll just use these when you can. And, uh, it's about 5 PM on a Saturday. Mind you, the first sergeant's a married man lives off post, has a wife, couple kids, his own life, but they have a sixth sense about them. And, uh, sure shit. He must've known that I was down at the clinic doing something shady. I shouldn't have been doing. And I come out of the clinic and there he is. And, uh, I'm carrying the crutches with me, not using them. So he told me to pick up a rock. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, Anderson, pick up that rock. And it was a big one, you know, a 30 pound rock, 20 pound rock. Mm-hmm. So I pick it up and he says, hold it over your head. Put it up over my head. And he says, now drop it. <laughs> he, you know, that was just him. Mm-hmm. A, a comical way of getting after him. But he says, uh, he says, why aren't you using your crutches? <laughs> told him, well, I really don't need him that he says use your crutches I know what happened so the, you know but they see you and they come at you angrily that's why I'm saying Clem's a first sergeant yes Clem's a first sergeant obviously that's what he is if he, if he comes at you like that that's just what they do that's their whole mode in life all right sorry sidetrack okay. with the personal story the next one is the again close the unsettled souls at the Salt Lake Cemetery I have heard about those and I've heard there's a couple of that. There's a headstone up there that has like satanic stuff on it. That was put on there by the lady's husband who was pissed at her when he put it on or something. So let me see what it says. I just heard something like that. And I was like, what? I mean, that's a cruel prank to (laughs) get him for all of eternity. Yeah. You know, a curse on the old headstone while you dig that up uh hi shirley um, victim of the beast is was it what it says yeah lily e gray victim of the beast 666 yeah and, and it's like he was just one last dig and she couldn't get back at him what an ass and then uh hi laura so shirley says uh unfinished business while well, very sad unfinished business and that's about that landslide. And Laura says, sound like a trip to Moon Lake is in order. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I want to see a ghost. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be on your bucket list. See a ghost. Kind of. Um, anal, anal probing by aliens. No, visit, I, visit. I, I do Kegel food, so that doesn't happen. Visit with a ghost. They can try. Shake Bigfoot's hand. That one I want to do. <laughs> Uh, the aliens can come. They can try. Uh, uh, How about defeat anal probe of aliens? That's right. I want the <laughs> aliens to go back with, you know, a digit less telling the scary story of the guy who. That's right. That bit off his finger. <laughs> I was picking his bum and he bit off my finger. <laughs> I was going in for the heartbeat, you know, as we do. Why do you think they do that? That story propagates the whole anal probing. The probing. Mm. So it makes me wonder if a it's just an orifice, and they don't 
they either do or they don't understand the value of the orifice. Or B, those that have reported anal probing, um, it's like the scariest thing they could think of. You know what? That's <laughs> what I think. Because how... They don't have a way to put it into words. But so it, that's the literal scariest thing they could think of. But if you were to seriously... I mean, if you were to... I would be just as scared of an alien like sticking its long suction cup finger down my throat or in my nose. Absolutely. Anywhere. 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 But that one seems to have stuck. Shirley says, I wonder if they have any photos of the children. She's talking about the girls who have drowned. at Moon Lake. So when we look up the bodies or when we look up the records of of, uh, lost children up there, we need to see if we can recover photos so we can match them up when you see the ghost. And I've got the white van. You have the white van. You have procured the white van. (laughs) And then Shirley says, it's not scary. Shirley. We've chatted with you. You've lived with this. That's because it's normal to you. This is like you you watch that the video of in India, they've got the Cobra Wranglers. Yeah. It's normal to them. Anyone else is not gonna be okay with that. (laughs) So the Salt Lake City Cemetery is the final resting place for more than 125,000 people. So that's a lot of energy. And it is really kind of a beautiful yet spooky cemetery. It is. It is. Where it's on that rolling Beautiful hill. and eerie at the same time. That's the gate, the wrought iron. Mm-hmm. So it's said that more than a few people roam the cemetery years after their burial. Visitors, however, report most often footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is on like the cemented areas or the grassy areas, but another thing they report a lot is cries of babies. Mm, see that would that part freaks me out. I don't like that at all. Uh. Number five, the ghostly children at Murray Park. Even Murray at Park. Murray? Yeah, that's not even an old place. I wonder if it was built on something. Murray's kind of old, isn't it? It, Well, it's somewhat old. Shirley says, laugh out loud, love you guys. Stockton Cemetery is haunted. Yes, it is. Yeah, we know. Mm, I haven't (laughs) been to Stockton. Where's Stockton Cemetery? Stockton Cemetery is kind of up on the hill. So you pull. Oh, I know where it's at. Yeah. Stock, I can literally throw a rock and hit Stockton from where I sit. You threw hard enough, yeah. Stockton's haunted. We ne- also need to do Stockton, a Stockton, night- it, it is an old town. It it's is. It's got a ton of sea history. It is. It, it's really old. It's And it's where all the brothels were. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, we, should, uh, <laughs> we should go check out the uh, Merker Cemetery again at night. We should. Go out there, have a seat. That's a creepy place in the daytime. That that place is just, it's the way the the graves are set up where it's just kind of those rock mounds and some of them have the little gate or the, the little fence around, it. around them. And the rough ones are where there's like baby toys in there. Oh. And you can tell when it's a baby grave because it is tiny. Mm-hmm. So Murray Park is a beautiful park. I've actually been there. Mm-hmm. It's got big shade trees, tons of grass, and it's actually got four different playgrounds. However, lots of people report to Parks and Recreation, and this is usually 
after dark that there are a young boy and a young girl still on the playground. And these people are concerned. They're like legitimately concerned. This is like, what are you doing out this late at night? This is like Karen's nemesis. Yeah. Karen is out patrolling the neighborhood, looking for ne'er do wells (laughs) and these kids. And she goes and she gets the police and she, yeah. And And they they never disappear. They never find it. And she looks even more crazy and insane standing there pointing like the police pulled up right there. They're there. She's pointing at him looking down the barrel of her finger (laughs) and and turns her head for a split second and they're gone and they're gone yeah and the police just think she's crazier yeah Mm. all right let's do a news story okay so in the news (sighs) you've got some good ones (laughs) this one is my favorite it is it's terribly sad but it's hilarious i love it I love it so much. Okay, so an armed ex-soldier allegedly storms animal shelter to get cat back. Yeah. An ex-Australian soldier in full tactical gear allegedly burst into an animal shelter with an assault rifle and tied up a worker <laughs> in a failed bid to get his kitty back, according <laughs> to a report on Wednesday. He tied someone up? That's terrible. Tony Whitman was allegedly so mad when workers at the lost dogs home now let's remember what australia did during COVID. yeah so australia can already put their heads in the toilet and flush yeah not all of australia australia uh political leaders i'm not down with what they did anyways was so mad when workers at the lost dogs home in melbourne 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 told him he needed to wait a day to pick up the pet. He's accused of threatening a 23-year-old female worker with a gun in the facility's parking lot. Oh, my gosh. Do as I say and listen to me. I won't shoot you, he allegedly told her. A court heard this week. Don't try anything or I'll shoot you. Whitman led the worker into a building with a firearm that looked like something a SWAT team in the movies would use. Where to get his weapon? Said. There's no weapons in Australia. Well, this story doesn't count it, but it was a toy gun. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a fake gun. It was a toy or whatever. But anyway, so he like marched the girl towards the cat and <laughs> zip tied her up on her knees. Um, and then when he couldn't get the cat for whatever reason, maybe it wasn't in that place or she didn't have access to it it doesn't really go into that he kind of said i'm going to close this door if i see you i'll shoot you as he left the building (laughs) so he acted to get back possession of the of the cat which he was only going to be without for 10 hours don't mess around with possibly 10 hours but again australia during covid would get animals into their shelters and immediately euthanize them. them They wouldn't even wait up just as soon as they entered euthanization. They euthanized thousands of dogs and cats. Yeah. And all because Australia went batshit crazy. Uh, So anyway, he's claiming uh, that it was PTSD that made him do it. And his cat's his uh, uh, support animal. Mm -hmm. 
He's being charged with kidnapping, false imprisonment, and armed robber, armed robbery, denied and bail. he's denied bail. Um, now he's without his cat for a long time. It's a it's an awful and situation. And they're going to hurt his cat while he's gone. They will like unless someone it. unless someone can get it out for him. I say we put a petition together. We buy that cat, bring that cat to a real free country where it can live as a cat. Hmm. What do you think? This is the. F-A-F-O. What's that? F around and find out oh. story. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't he, take his cat. I ain't a, leaving without my he cat. He had a play gun. Um, but it's, it's a real threat, though. And, my, and so I can understand them taking it seriously. It is. My support animal's starting to whimper. I wonder what she wants. <laughs> she doesn't like this story either. No, she doesn't. But yeah, it's, it's pretty wild that... Uh, I mean, it, it's wrong, obviously wrong that he went and did that. I, I would like to know the backstory. Right now in North Carolina, there's a city that's under fire for killing a support animal of a homeless veteran. Mm. And you've probably seen it on TikTok and that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. We, we've entered a new place where pets actually matter. Yeah. And I think... Australia is going to find that too, especially after that story in Australia um, with how they dealt with uh, pets of people who had COVID. Yeah. And I wonder what, what steps he took prior to this escalation. I wonder if he had been in there before, if he had, yeah, you know, said, I'll pay whatever money, I'll do whatever, I'll, you know, I yeah. wonder if and he had there, tried. Was there other information coming from, the animal shelter to him yeah such as hey there's a good chance your cat's not getting back out to you or right. things like that I, I what i don't like about the new york post's um covering primarily is it's meant to incite emotion and oh. not necessarily cover the story that's so there's a, probably lots more to this to get paid that's yes it was in other stories that i read that had the uh the gun was a toy gun it was yeah they left this out it wasn't even an airsoft gun it was like a prop <laughs> it's but, like missing half of its side only one side <laughs> <laughs> he's carrying it around with the plaque it's supposed to hang on the wall <laughs> yeah i just the new but York i mean how would i react if even with ptsd like there That's has tough. to be this like escalation oh yeah so and, uh, you know and and not to I don't want to just disparage him. He did a dumb thing, and sure. I don't want to just disparage the, uh, the the shelter. The shelter. They're likely working within the confines you know, of their. I do want guidelines. to disparage Australian political officials who went radical, but that's for everything. Not to mention, you're not alone. I disparage all political officials. That's right. I think um, he doesn't discriminate. I would rather be infected. I would rather take a bath with leeches i would rather be roll around prone. in razor blades on the beach next to the salty ocean i'm gonna go swim in i would rather <laughs> i'm not a fan of politicians yeah uh, should we do another story or should we get back to the ghost do another story do another story okay all right i got some more <sighs> oh this one's gross okay Let's go back to the ghost. No. <laughs> <laughs> back to the ghost. All right. A mother in Uttar Pradesh. 
Uttar Pradesh. Man, I was so so close. She chopped off her boyfriend's uh, twig and giggle berries after he allegedly tried to rape her 14-year-old dog. So it was the mother's boyfriend, not the mm-hmm. daughter's boyfriend. <gasps> the 36-year-old mother arrived home just in time to catch her 32-year-old lover in the act at their home. Oh. So when she attempted to save her daughter, she claimed her live-in partner turned on her. It was an act of passion. Made an attempt to attack her. Yep. That's the question. She ran and grabbed a knife from the kitchen and cut him to teach him a lesson. I was working on the farm when the incident occurred, she told Times of India. Fortunately, I returned home in the nick of time, Nick in a cutting story, (laughs) in the nick of time and caught him red-handed. I brought a knife from the kitchen and chopped off his private parts to teach him a lesson. Okay. I have no regrets for what I did. The mechanics of this. Is he sitting, legs spread, completely nude at the edge of a couch? Is that how she gets to them? Well. Does she grab it? And yank it forward and then hack it off. How? Uh, honestly, it does sound like, let's say she said she works on a farm. She, Maybe she deals with, say, corn or maize and is real good adept at taking <laughs> ears off of the plant. But anyway, so <laughs> the question here would be, I, I mean, him, obviously, Either way, he's wrong. Whether it's consensual with the 14-year-old or not, he is wrong. Now, if he is forcing himself on her, he's wronger. But I would argue, you know, yeah, he's wrong either way. But that paradigm would change her motives or could change her motives to a motive of defense or a motive of revenge. Revenge. Oh, I just don't understand the mechanic. But I imagine he's standing up. Like was, both of him are standing up. Swing until she got it. <laughs> are we talking accuracy? <laughs> One swing I'm in telling it. Telling you, she said she worked on a farm. <laughs> Here's the thing: What if she worked on, say, a pig farm or a sheep farm, where she dressed animals, or or just uh, made geldings down at the horse farm? Mm. She would have plenty of practice to make some stuff happen i don't know if i could hit the spot in a in a rage in a you know a fueled you, anger you're not a practiced uh, i'm not a farmer wilder of, beware of, of farmers. the blade yes this is your public service well uh, no beware don't touch 14 <laughs> year olds even if they're consensual if their mother's a farmer ever <laughs> ever yeah at all i don't but especially I, if i mean even if even if it came out she did it for revenge at revenge for whichever way there's a 14 year old i'd be like, i'm okay with it i am too kind of yeah i'm i'm fine yeah I'm, you know i mean yeah okay tell her not to do it again yeah dang you it <laughs> You're bad. Listen here, young lady. <laughs> Don't do it again. Don't make me turn this car around. But good aim. Yeah. But yeah. uh how did the mechanics of that work? 
<laughs> Tell me. There he was, turning just to the side. Had my opening. In. Is it a backhand swing that cuts all the way through? Because we did a show where he gnawed on it for a while. <laughs> Maybe she has a really sharp knife. One of them Ginsu knives, you see, where the guy goes from. And cuts a can and then a tomato. A can, tomato, and doesn't like press the tomato mm -hmm. at all. It just does a smooth cut. Nice. Uh, really fine multi-folded steel blade maybe a little carbon in there or something i don't know yeah all yeah, right it's hard to say so back to ghosts back to the ghosts the next one is the ghostly horses at dead horse point state park so this is in southern utah uh-huh it's gorgeous down there but the legend states that there were a group of cowboys. They believe it was three or four. And they were poaching horses from the native people in the area. Poaching them for pets? To use as work animals. So not to eat. Not to eat. Okay. And they drove these horses to this like natural kind of cropping in the rocks, which would have worked like a corral. Mm -hmm. It's on the peninsula of the land that juts out into the Colorado River. Okay. So the thieves then abandoned the horses. So because they're, it's so far down to the water and it's desolate desert down there. This is like part of the Grand Canyon where the Colorado River cuts through it before mm -hmm. it gets into the Grand Park. So this might be like a ravine that's kind of just hollowed out. Yeah. Soft uh, limestone or... And so they, they had to abandon them. Now, the story doesn't say whether or not they were run off by the natives trying to get their horses back or, or whatever the case was. But they abandoned the horses and the horses died of thirst. Now, these horses, their carcasses were actually found years later, mm -hmm. like 20 years later, and removed. Um, and the, the connection was made in the local natives um or not the local natives the local like um pioneer almost registers that thieves had stolen the horses from this particular tribe and the horses were never recovered so it's guessed that these were those horses that were stolen but what campers at the state park report all the time is this stamping like thunderous hooves and whinnies of horses really late at night. So we don't get a lot of animal hauntings. Yeah. Here on the wild pod. I think animal hauntings would be wild. Yeah. And so they go and report that they believe, and obviously given the nature of this area, like you know that if these horses are out there, they need to be gathered up and moved to ground where they can graze and get to water. Oh yeah. Water. Waters, especially down there in that, that, uh, deserty area and the colorado river through this particular winding area dries up a lot of the mm -hmm. year so these campers go back most most of them are reported to have made a special trip to go back and get help for these horses really like it's distressing another them. one of those where you go get the authorities and they're mm -hmm. like okay we've heard it before <laughs> let me guess yeah <laughs> 
And so they, they are said to like be in distress. Like you've got to go out there. There's, there's several horses. We're hearing them. They're pawing at the ground. Have they ever seen them? Not that anyone has reported. Sounds like just an auditory. Uh, Resonance. Yeah. Re- no. Residual. So, auditory. Uh, what's the word? Um, apparition. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's terrifying. Yeah, that would be scary. So the next one, I haven't been here. Why haven't I been here? It's the Holken Olson. It is Utah's oldest continuously operating bar. Holken Olson? Yeah. And it is said to be haunted by its original owner. And apparently he's quite the character. He uh, operated the bar all the way through Prohibition. And several of the staff throughout the years have claimed to have actually seen him. And they say that he often turns the lights on after they've closed down and left. They'll report that they get to their cars and they get in and they get their seatbelt on and they see the lights come on inside. And then they're like, gosh, damn it. I have to go back in. No, uh, okay. Where's this bar at? So let me find where it's now. At. I want to, I want to go to the whole, I want to state this. I'm a, a a bartender at Hulk and Olson. Yes. And I go to my car and I lights are off and I get in and I put my seatbelt on. The lights come back on. They are staying on it's all in night. Huntsville. They're staying on all night. Yeah. I am not going back in to duel the ghost for the light switch. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Be like, fine, dude. You got it. Have it your way. You know, I might... Walk to the side of the building and kill the main power. But no, that'd kill the fridges and then maybe mm-hmm. ruin food and stuff. Yeah, lights are staying on. <laughs> but a lot of the staff have also said that they'll come around the corner and they'll see, kind of in their peripheral vision, they'll see the actual owner, the original owner. Holken. They've got pictures of him. I believe his name was Holkin. Um, and Olson is a good Mormon name. It is a good Mormon name. For a bar, anyway. But or they'll see him. Player, they'll see or... him like sitting at the bar and kind of catch themselves just in their peripheral vision. They see him all the time. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go back in to turn the lights off. <laughs> I think they're just used to him. He's like jovial and, you know, you don't want to piss him off. Okay. Well, we need to build a rapport before I'm willing to go in and, and, you know, chide him for his insolence. (laughs) The next one, American Fort Canyon. They actually have a haunted hike in American Fort Canyon. No, I've heard of this. Yes. It is claimed that it's full of this unexplained paranormal activity. Um, It'd be like Ichabod Crane's ride. So, One of the most common things that people report is walking down the trail and hearing thunderous, like running hard footsteps coming up right behind them. And most of them think, oh no, here comes a runner. And they try to slide to the side so the runner can get by. And then the footsteps stop. And then another, you know, 100 yards down the, the trail, just... And so they turn to move to the side, and the footsteps are gone. Mm. 
Wonder what happens if you don't get out of the way. I. What if it like pushes you over? Can they run through you? Is that on? That's on your bucket list. Now here's ghost another question: Run through me. <laughs> now, if a ghost runs through you from its perception, does it like see like an MRI as it goes through you? Yeah, like like skin, muscle, fat, bones, bones. <laughs> Dinner. That'd be wild. And. <laughs> Then we could hire. If I were a ghost, I would run through people all the time. Then we could hire them, build a rapport, and they could be our modern day MRI machine. Just step inside, tell me what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They step in. I'm feeling a movie coming on. It's just gas. Oh. (gasps) I'm feeling a movie. Someone who knows how to do this stuff. uh, I love that. What do they say? Give me a treatment. Yeah. So Timpanogos Cave is also said. Now that's American Fort Canyon. We've been up to Timpanogos Cave. A I few have times. been to Timpanogos Cave so many times. Mm-hmm. But it is said that there is something in the cave that often brushes up against people during the cave tour. Maybe it's a bat. Has it ever brushed up against you? No, I don't think so. No. Maybe it did, and I thought it was somebody. If else. it was a bat, party's over party is over betsy can't even scream in the presence no no i have no voice i lock up she hates bats legs work great turn around (laughs) everything else arms don't don't move my flight or fight response goes to full flight mode (laughs) (laughs) that was the cutest little bat it was bats are not cute it was a little tiny albino bat (laughs) It looked like a white mouse with little pink eyes. Shirley says for the bar, install clap on, clap off. Seriously, and install it on the outside. Yeah. The clapper. The clapper. Remember those commercials? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I still I can now I'm gonna be singing. Cell that phones have ruined the clapper. The last one in Amer- American Fork Canyon that is always reported are these ghostly hitchhikers. It is said they plague drivers who take that road at night. And that's one of my worst fears are the hitchhiker ghosts. And and what if what if some poor soul gets lost and is an actual hitchhiker, but nobody stops because oh. of all the ghost hitchhikers that they've passed on their way? Oh. Life ruined. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's go through some comments real quick. Do do do. Got to roll back down. Uh, Kendra, sorry you're missing the podcast. Hop on later and uh, leave your comments. Ryan says, "Hi, Ryan." He says, uh, "To do castration by kitchen knife." Damn. Situation wise, understand. Situation is wise and understand. Ryan, you are the debunker. I'm gonna need to know the mechanics of this. Could you get a dummy (laughs) and try? Several you'd have to buy different. that dummy from a specialty shop <laughs> for what you're trying to this achieve. This is what you do, Ryan. <laughs> you debunk things. So I'm going to need to know, was it backhand? Yeah. You know, anyway. How was the swing? <laughs> How much force? Pounds per square inch does yeah. it require? <laughs> Could you just see this on, uh, what was that show with those Mythbusters. Two- Mythbusters. <laughs> I need Mythbusters to Mythbust this story. <laughs> can you? Uh, <laughs> can you remove? <laughs> Is it at one swinger? <laughs> How many licks to get to the center of a lollipop? 
<laughs> Shirley says it's never dull. Misty says, happy to see you, Guy. Happy to see Hi, you, too, Misty. Misty. Okay. Bats are not adorable, Misty. These little bat, this little bat was tiny. No. It was tiny. Okay. <laughs> Ryan says he'll research it and get back to me. Uh, he'll get Try. on it. That's when you set up lights to be controlled by your phone. That way, oh, you jumping thing. Where are we at? Set up on your phone. That way you don't have to duel the ghost to turn, turn off, off the lights. lights. That's right. You need to get those uh, blue Amazon lights. lights. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa, shut off the lights to the bar. <laughs> Alexa, shut the, Alexa, off the lights stop again. Stop arguing with the ghost and do it. <laughs> shut off all the lights. Alexa, do as you're told. Yeah, Ted Bundy killed a woman up there. Yeah, I wonder. And we don't know. Ted Bundy might have killed more people than we know about. Absolutely. And then wasn't the Green River killer? Didn't he pass through here Absolutely. at one point? Yeah. It is one of those canyons that is just desolate enough and away from civilization enough that people seeking to do harm would naturally choose it if they were near it. Mm, yeah. Heavily wooded, winding roads, lots of pullouts, tons of hiking drive. trails. Beautiful yeah. drive. Yeah. That'd be a fun drive on like a bullet bike. Pick up a hitchhiker, get on back. Mm. <laughs> their gray hair flowing in the wind <laughs> that's our next shirt i need you to design an american fort canyon shirt for the wow pod and it's got like a ghost on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> well i hope i never see a ghost up there hmm. uh misty says bring all the bats to her <laughs> i'm not touching them so. <laughs> betsy saw that one and it shut the party down Party was over. Yeah, no. we were doing a little bit of spelunking in an old mine. That was it for me, and that was it for Betsy. Yeah, she'd have walked all the way home if she knew which way it was from where we were. That's right. I'm not good with directions, <laughs> so I waited outside the cave. <laughs> I did. The, I did wait outside the cave with my back to the cave, though, so I could be in a position of defense in case body. it came out was maybe that long mm -hmm. it was a tiny little albino bat albino it was so emphasis on albino little was, red beady eyes i didn't see its eyes it had big red big pink eyes yeah it looked like an albino mouse with wings it was very cute ay, ay, ay. uh and so ryan when you do the research <laughs> <laughs> i think we need to do video evidence video <laughs> evidentiary research we're gonna need you to prove it <laughs> you don't need to keep the receipt for the prop though that's right and you won't you be able to return it when you're done because have it shipped to sarah's house no one will know <laughs> sarah's like what is this <laughs> ryan a package came for you okay the next one the restless spirits at the salt lake city county building so now this county building is arguably one of the most beautiful buildings in all of salt lake it's the big county building mm -hmm. on state street mm -hmm. it's really ornate it's still got the big watchtower or, or clock tower and the clock still works and rings at all the hours it's a beautiful building some people who work there have reported that at minimum 
five different ghosts haunt the halls and offices, including two children. And Okay, so three of them are politician ghosts? A previous mayor and a past judge are say, are said to have been seen. So the mayor is said to be walking around and trying to get into doors. She's like trying to get in your business. Mm-hmm. The judge is often seen by the janitorial services. So the janitorial services are actually county paid or city paid um, employees. But they are they are said to have entered these um, courtrooms that are still being used there for lots of things. They're entering these courtrooms and seeing the judge kind of apparition-like sitting behind his desk. Does he look at, does he do any of the ghosts He's like doing things. Interact with. So in all cases, the janitors have reported that they believe they've interrupted an actual judge. And so they kind of just back out, you know, pull their little can or whatever they've got, their mop and bucket, whatever they've got. They just kind of see him there so and back out. And then clear. they tell their superiors, I wasn't able to do this because the judge was in there. I said, no, nobody was there. That's been, nobody's been there all day. There's nothing going on there. And it got to the point, um, the reports say that it got so, so frequent that they were doing like their own sleuth work, like going around talking to judges. Were you in there today? Were you in there today? Did you drink my Mountain Dew? (laughs) So we're going to need you, Betsy, to uh, sign up for uh, janitorial staff at the old salt lake uh salt lake county building and yes check it out now shirley says i've seen many apparitions and yes you have we need you have you back on again because last time i talked to you you said uh they followed you correct yeah shirley's the one that saw it in her Mm -hmm. that picture Mm -hmm. in the jeep still reigns supreme shirley is that was a uh, full-on person shirley is a ghost magnet and I would say, because Shirley shared that picture with us, I have seen an apparition. Now, Betsy's a ghost magnet. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the picture she shared. Uh, well, I saw I saw that one. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. It's new? You've got a new ghost? Mm, you, oh. You've got to come on and tell us. All right, Shirley, we're going to have to plan on have you on. Maybe next week we'll have Shirley on. Let's talk about the new ghost. So Utah's most famous ghost town. I can't believe we haven't been here. Grafton is Utah's most famous ghost town, and it was the site of several tragedies over the years. Visitors who wander through the cemetery report the laughter of children. Not something I would rather hear eerie screaming than children laughing in a cemetery. Mm -hmm. Terrifying but it's often reported there. Now, Grafton has been explored by lots of ghost hunters, given its history. It is a ghost town that is near Zion National Park. Mm -hmm. It's in Washington County. Um, It was largely destroyed back in 1862 by a flood of the Virgin River. They rebuilt the town like a mile upriver and named it New Grafton. I love that. Original. So unique. However, the new town 
was then um, flooded. And then there was the outbreak of the Black Hawk War, widespread fear of Indian attacks. I mean, Grafton really struggled. And there are tons of like historical things that happened in Grafton. Ryan says Grafton is an awesome place. Been there a few times. But the thing that is most reported by visitors is children laughing at the cemetery. Would the baby crying or the children laughing be scarier? See, I think think there's a crossover paradigm. Have you seen Children of the Corn? And I think that's the paradigm where it crosses over from babies crying to children laughing. Which one freaks you out most? Because Children of the Corn cause a lot of people to question, uh, you know. Corn. Do we have kids? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to eat corn or go buy a cornfield for a long time. Well, I like corn. It's the kids I didn't like. Mm. Of course, I was their age when I saw it. That's true. Yeah. Misty says... I've been working in salt air and there are places they keep blocked off because of where the ghosts hang out. Yeah. Told them next time they do another ghost hunt, I want to be there. Yes, let us know, Misty. I, they've and done several ghost hunt ghost hunts there. I, I have a salt air story, but I should save it for another time because it's a little longer. Mm-hmm. But Alex was there. So was Susan. It's for an your, older story. You have a salt air scary story? Kind of. Kind of a freaky story. Well, you should tell it now. Do we have time? What time? Yeah. All right. I will tell it now. Do we have any more of these uh, Utah ghost hunts? That's the last one. Okay. All right. So this would have been back in about 2000. Uh, Susan and, and I and Alex, my Alex was probably four or five at the time. Just a little guy. We're taking the drive in the old... Uh, Ford tortoise that we had and uh we're we just we're just looking at stuff so we stopped at salt air we were living out dugway at the time we stopped at salt air and we're walking around behind it you know uh this is before they built the fence around it before they started doing concerts in it but they had opened it up and started doing some renovation and we were walking down by uh there used to be a thing behind there called the great salt lake used to have water in it you could actually walk to the water i mean you could probably still walk to the water i swam in it when i was yeah we used to go there when we were kids and swim in it but you get past all the brine flies yeah the stinkiness you can still walk to the water from salt air just you better pack a sack lunch and a flashlight anyways some big dude comes around the corner and like hey what's going on um come uh you know you want me to show you around in there uh i've been I, I'm friends with the owner of the place, and I'm here as security. I come out and see what's going on, but I can show you around inside of it. I go, okay. So we go inside, and he's showing us around. And, and I've been in there since. It's it's a lovely building. Mm-hmm. But then it was kind of run down real bad, still had, like, crusty, dried-up salt <laughs> on the main floor and whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'll show you where my room is. Oracle. didn't think anything of it okay what and you know those porticolas they're yes. little rooms in each one he said he wanted to show you his room well he, he have th- you never seen stranger danger uh yeah anyways um so uh we walk up in there and 
he's got a sleeping bag rolled out on the floor and he's living in the uh southwest porticola part porticola is that what you call southwest humming humming a jigger the mm-hmm. thing on the top and uh it's just a sleeping bag laid out on the floor and a backpack and an old burnt up candle and an open can of whatever stew was there uh, just sitting on the floor and i was like that's when it clicked i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to hear that music that you hear off of, you know, screech, 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 screech. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, hey, well, it must be cool to work here. Would you look at the time, you know, and, and as you know, kind of push Susan and Alex out ahead of me. All right, time to go. And you got to walk down these, uh, I think it was those swirly stairs to get out of just that and then down the stairs and get out and the whole time he's like hey hold on more to show you and like we gotta go and uh i never bothered to look up to see if there was like some crazy guy camping out in there or if that was real i just when i saw his setup in that room i was like i'm out i'm done i believe you followed him we need to go over stranger danger again (laughs) Well, it's probably armed. So the only thing we worse would have been like, okay. I have candy. <laughs> Do you want some candy? <laughs> well, <laughs> I might have stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you said you had candy. I'm going to get my candy before yeah. I go. You said you had something with a little bit of chocolate in it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, I wonder if he was, if he had broken in there though, or if he really was. And if they just hired some guy to pull security, why would he just have a sleeping bag? And he was homeless, Bob. He was hundred percent. He seemed like it. And once you got in that enclosed place and kind of away from the brine flies, you could tell. Oh. And it, it didn't have like running water out there or any of that. Yeah, it was rough back then. Mm-hmm. It's a chateau. And Alex was just a I mean. Chateau ou homeless Bob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, remember that childhood memory when I took you to meet homeless Bob? I took you to his bedroom. See, that's where MTV Cribs needs to be. <laughs> well, okay. Remember who I was there with? I was there with Susan. Oh. Who do you think drove the following this guy on the tour? hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, let's be honest. At the time, I probably had a pistol on my hip. True. So... You know, you and homeless Bob could have sparred it out. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but once I saw, like, had he not taken us and said, I sleep here? Like, when he said my room, I'm kind of thinking, like, the security booth. I'm expecting to see some cameras, mm-hmm. a logbook, you know. But when he takes me up there and I see a sleeping bag and a half eaten can of chili or something, and like one of them little survival candles that are just. <laughs> little short numbers and Mm. that's when i was like all right i'm out Mm. yeah that was but you know susan drove that yeah let's follow him around i like seeing and meeting and talking to everyone Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. all right well for joining guys misty we got to have you come on and tell us about the uh the ghosts of salt air but you better check in with your bosses first that'd be uh that'd be an awesome show Mm. Misty just asked, was he even real? Don't get that in my mind, too. Yeah, did he even exist? Oh. Why would the ghost need a sleeping bag? 
ghost homeless Bob is better than non-ghost homeless Bob. No, it is not. 100%. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I would only, I would rather only have to deal with one assaulting factor, not two. <laughs> Um, scary stuff. Yep. All right. We, uh, we'll see you next week. Um, I don't know if we're going to do the gross one next week. No, that one might take a little longer. I threw it on Betsy's lap. I've known about the story for a while and I think I did it just to shock her because people don't know about these. I had no idea. It's like real life hunger games and you'll it, know we're going to cover it. The, when the title games, of the show is this show is gross. The hunger games punk ass compared to 100% compared to real life cannibal island cannibal island don't look it up you've been warned yes okay do because i don't want to live alone in my terror it's it's freaky misery loves company it is freaky and why do i know about all these sadistic I know. things no how do you yeah. sleep at night how do i sleep at night usually on my side i like to tuck <laughs> a pillow up close up against my neck and Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.